Uh, hello, uh, my name is Keith Newmeyer. I'm the CEO of First Majestic Silver Corp and the chairman of First Mining Gold Corp. Uh, First Majestic is the focus for today. Um, uh, for those of you who do not know, First Majestic is one of the purest and largest silver companies in the world. Uh, we're trading on the Toronto Stock Exchange and the New York Stock Exchange. And uh, our production in 2021 is approximately 25 million silver equivalent ounces, of which 55% uh, of that is uh, silver and the rest is gold. Good to meet you. Welcome to London. Yeah, nice meeting you as well, Matt. And what are you over here for? We're here for the one-to-one -one conference. Right. And what sort of companies uh, or investors are you meeting? Oh, mostly institutional investors. I think all of them are. Right. And they're existing shareholders? Some were. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You're trying to branch out and uh, get a bit more of a European coverage? Right? We've got a pretty good European following as it yeah. is. You know, we've been in business for 19 years, so um, yeah. uh, we're pretty well known. You're pretty well known. You're pretty big. Mm -hmm. 4.4, 4.5 billion. In that range. Not too yeah. shabby yeah. and aim to be the world's biggest silver producer. Is that, is that the goal? That's the goal. Yeah. Right. yeah. But What's we keep, we, we, you know, the gold keeps increasing, which is a challenge, right? Because, you know, staying as pure as we would like to, it's, it's really tough finding good silver uh, properties, well, it silver is. mines. I'm, I'm intrigued by companies of your size. When we sort of interview CEOs of billion, multi-billion dollar companies, the challenges are obviously very, very different at, at this end. And mm -hmm. people, investors, especially fund managers, they don't necessarily look at the detail anymore. They're looking at the bottom line. The expectation is that you'll continue production levels and grow them. Mm -hmm. So how do you go about managing the, because we, uh, we're going to talk about acquisition, but you also got organic on, on the book. So how do you manage that balance? Well, you know, it's, it's opportunity really that comes up, you know, now and then, right? So I built the business through M&A, you know, since, uh, you know, 2004 was the first year that we actually got into production. Uh, that year, we only produced 25,000 ounces of silver. Um, uh, but today, of course, we're, we're much larger. Uh, but, uh, you know, I put the portfolio together by being aggressive and, and uh, being opportunistic. And, uh, you know, Jared Canyon, the most recent acquisition in Nevada, you know, de-risking the portfolio slightly because all the other assets are in Mexico. Uh, the previous acquisition was done in 2018 and uh, the acquisition before that was 2016. Right. And would you have done that if there wasn't that kind of run in with the government retax at the beginning of this beginning of the year? Yeah, that, that that's anyway. a legacy issue. Yeah, that yeah. came with the Primero asset. Yeah. Yeah. And that still exists today. It's it's an unfortunate situation that we're working on it, of course. And uh, we would have expected it to be resolved by now. But, um, you know, you've got a government there that just, you know, is entrenched and, uh, uh, you know, it's through NAFTA arbitration currently. Yeah, and we, we saw that Fortuna, obviously, they've, they've had a few issues as well. Do you think what's happening there with the Mexican government? Yeah, you know, this government just unfortunately seems to be quite socialist. You know, they're, they're um, uh, you know, populist as well. And, uh, um, you know, they're almost anti-investment, uh, really, um, uh, which is, you know, they, you know, the oil and gas sector has really been negatively impacted. And uh, yeah. the mining sector, of course, you've, you've seen the Fortuna news, which is yeah, unfortunate. We, yeah, we saw them go after oil and gas quite, quite heavily. And you guys, not so much. I don't know if that's the kind of the history of mining in the country and perhaps the need for... Well, there's 300 mining companies in Mexico, so yeah. uh, you know, it's a pretty important business. Yeah. Let's, let's come back to the de-risking component. Can we expect to see more of this? More de-risking? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, as I said, it's opportunistic. You know, we're, we're always in the market looking for assets. You know, uh, we never stop. And we've always got something going on on the M&A front. You know, whether transactions actually happen, you know, that's another thing altogether. But we're always looking. What, what do they need to look like? What's the profile that you're looking for? Well, in production is preferably uh, uh, the case. Uh, you know, it wouldn't do us any good to, you know, buy an exploration project. Uh, um, 
you know, something advanced, you know, in the late development stage, you know, potentially pre-construction, but uh, generally uh, in production. Well, that's where you're going to get the deals. And do you think your current shareholders would like to see a bit more of that in terms of improving margins? Because it's always about driving efficiencies, wherever in the business you're looking, isn't it? So on the M&A side, is that something that is more to the front of what you're thinking? Or is it just production, production, production? We need to hit those numbers. You know, I, as I said earlier, you know, getting good silver assets are hard. Yeah. And uh, you know, if, if a good silver mine came to our our portfolio came into our portfolio, that would be a good thing. So you know, we're always looking, and uh, you know, maybe the drill bit will will assist us as well. You know, we've got twenty seven drill rigs currently active uh, uh, between Mexico and Nevada, right. and uh, you know, we've got some great drills also coming out of Jarrett Canyon, some fantastic drills also coming out of Santa Elena, the Ormontano ore body. So mm-hmm. there's lots of activity. Right. So operationally, I think people have expectations of you, which you've been delivering for many years now. Looking at the share price this year, precious, uh, precious metals was expected to perform a little bit better than it has. It hasn't. Mm-hmm. Thoughts for 2022? Yeah, you know, look, I, as long as the governments keep printing money the way they are, and uh, um, you, you know, I think you've got to be in gold and silver. And, and also silver, I think, is even better than gold because you've got that industrial component. You know, you've got electric cars and um, solar uh, panels. Both those two industries are consuming more than 20% of the world's supply of silver. The miners are pr- only produced about 800 million ounces of silver this year. That's up a little bit from last year because last year was a COVID year, but 760 million ounces were produced last year. Uh, silver production peaked out in 2016 at 880 million ounces. Uh, and, and we're in a market where we're consuming a billion ounces of silver a year. So there's been this long-term deficit in, in the silver market, and you've got two growing industries that are just gobbling up silver. So, you know, I think it's just a perfect storm for, for silver. And uh, But as I said, you know, the, the, the inflation, you know, the ball is rolling, and the, the governments keep printing money at the same time. So I think, you know, silver is going to get this double bang uh, for your buck kind of thing. It's interesting. Obviously, the market in two ways is going to do work, a little bit of work for you in, in that sense. You've got to continue doing what you're doing. And that's going to be probably good enough for institutional shareholders. But in terms of you know, other types of investors, they're, they're going to want to see some kind of growth component to this. And I know you're looking at projects all the time for acquisition, but where does the, is the organic growth going to be a major contributor for you? You've got a number of projects in the hopper at the moment. Is that where the growth is going to come from? Yeah, for sure. And, um, uh, you know, Ormitano, um that ore body was discovered back in 2016. And we did our first pour just last week. So mm-hmm. after six years, you know, after discovery, which is pretty fast, yeah. you know, um, uh, uh, you know, fortunately the mill is, was built already because it's a Santa Elena mill, which is only four uh, miles away from this uh, new discovery, and uh, uh, that's going to add uh, another couple million ounces of production in 2022, right. and it's going to grow likely through 10 million ounces by 2023 or or 2024. Right. So that's pretty exciting, you know, from the current level yeah. of around five million silver equivalent ounces. And and with the cost of the um, existing the four producing um, assets, what's the in terms of life of mine there? When when's the, the decline start happening, or can you continue those in terms of organic expansion? Well, the Ermitano ore body added seven year mine life. 
Yeah. So that mill is going to be operating way into the future, and uh, it's a huge land package. It's you know two hundred fifty thousand acres, hundred over hundred thousand hectares of land. It's all in this Sonora state, very prolific part of Mexico, and then you got Jarrah Canyon as well, mm-hmm. which uh, we think we can double the life of mine there over the next two to three years because that's a, an asset that's been starved of exploration development dollars, and uh, you know it produced this year produced about one hundred ten thousand ounces of gold. Uh, by 2024, we're expecting that's going to be getting close to 200,000 ounces of gold. Right. What, what's the deal structure look like there? Because you're sitting on a bunch of cash, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and you're throwing off cash as well. But for these, if there are acquisitions to be had, it's, it's slightly more expensive than organic, clearly. Um, do you foresee the need to raise capital in the markets going forward? You know, we look, if it ever happened, it's simple. It's a five-minute phone call. So, yeah. you know, the, the stock trades like water. It trades its entire. It did, but it's also trading sideways at the moment, right? So I'm trying to think. So where's, where's the where's the growth come from? For it's like where, where's the upside? For I think the whole mining sector is trading sideways. It, it is, it's, yeah. and you could probably argue it's a win in that case this year, right? But but next year next year people are going to want more more out of this. You've explained some of the re- reasons why it might grow, but is dividends a big part of the, the policy with you? Say that again. Dividends a big part of the policy. We are way we do pay a dividend. Yeah, um, uh, it's a small dividend. Uh, we'd like to see it increase, but it's mm-hmm. a first year. Yeah, twenty twenty one. It's it's a one percent of revenue, and uh, you know if we can get that up over the next you know couple of years to two or three percent, that would be a good thing. But you know okay. we have to see you know whether or not this metals move is for real, and uh, you know silver twenty five dollars an ounce is pretty good. It's reasonable it's price, and uh, yeah. you know gold at eighteen hundred thereabouts, eighteen fifty is also a reasonable price. But you know I'm a bull on the metals. I think you know we're going to see three thousand on gold and and triple digit silver, and uh, you know I think that's going to happen over the next three to five years. And if those events do occur, of course our dividends going to be increasing. Big big ifs, but if but if they don't, it's still it's still a good. I don't I don't think they're right? I, I don't I personally don't think they're big ifs, but okay. I think I think it's very likely. Okay, mm-hmm. if they don't, the price is still good. You're still making money. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad environment to be. But sentiment isn't there for equities this year. What were they distracted by? You know, I think we're going to, you know, have a market crash. Um, I think, you know, we're looking at 2000, 2001 all over again. Uh, you know, you've got a lot of, you know, toppy looking activity going on in the marketplace. And, uh, you know, a lot of money chasing a lot of these meme stocks and, uh, you know, a lot of the tech stocks. And, uh, you know, you've got the SPAC market as well, which, you know, it, it looks... That's still going? You know, apparently, uh, um, you know, it's pretty active market. So uh, uh, there's really no one paying attention to the mining sector at all. You know, it's being completely ignored. And uh, it's obvious, you know, from this uh, conference that we're just uh, finishing today, you know, that uh, there is kind of a love and hate, you know, relationship, you know, between investors and the mining sector because, uh, you know, it is a very uh, kind of stop and start type of of industry Mm. and uh, the investors tend to come and go, I think, a little bit too quickly sometimes. But uh, I'm optimistic that 2022 and 2023 are going to be much better markets, but I think it's going to require a similar type of environment that we saw in 2000, where the NASDAQ peaked out at 5,000 in March of 2000, and over the next three years, it dropped 80%. It's nice for a clear out though, isn't it? Get rid of a get rid of a bit of the white noise out there. Right? Yeah, you know, I think it would be good, and you know, and then then the money will start flowing into real assets again, and and uh, of course, you know, not all the money will come into the mining sector, but a lot of it will. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of funny because there's been a sort of slight segue off into stories which aren't necessarily based on fundamentals, but based on more sentiment mm-hmm. and, and and momentum. Well, everything's headline. That's got to give. Well, I you know whether <laughs> I think you know 
fast money is going to chase momentum. So, so if, uh, and there's always going to be fast money out there. So if, if some of this capital starts flowing into real assets like the metals industry, I think it has to because just the pure supply demand fundamentals of copper and silver and other metals uh, that we need for the green revolution. Uh, and then people are slowly waking up to that environment. Um, so the money will come into the sector. It's just a matter of when it's going to happen. And, and where from. I, I guess you're probably unlikely to be affected by the silver squeezes that you saw on, on, on Reddit type platforms. But well, we do were, you welcome we, that in the sector? Or is that well, our stock, just a Our thing? stock doubled uh, over a period of a couple of days. Right. right? So, and then what happened? Well, it, of course, it came down. Right. Right. So, mm-hmm. so do, you, do you like that environment? Well, you know, it, it's, it's, it brought in a lot of new investors right. that weren't watching this in, in market previously. So from that perspective, I think it was positive. Um, the negative, of course, is you know, when, when something goes up and crashes down again. Because you know, people, people lose money and then someone got hurt along the way. And uh, um, you never like to see that happen. But you know, I think the, you know, the audience now we're getting, you know, for example, we sell silver off our website. And yeah. uh, you know, we're, we're selling um, you know, 1,000 ounces a day off our website, which is uh, pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, innovation in mining is coming through. It's innovation not just underground, but in terms of the way that you, you guys are having to talk about ESG. So, you know, social responsibility, all of that kind of good stuff. I know you, you talk about Yeah, but the mining sector started but... ESG. The mining sector has been doing ESG from, uh, for 100 years. We, 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 we didn't call it ESG. We called yeah. it CSR. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so someone's just come up with a new name. Is that what you feel about it? So, you know, the good companies have always done it, but now it's, again, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by the kind of momentum type uh, component to mining is coming. We're look, everyone's looking for a new angle, and is ESG just? It's just another version of what went before, but it's, it seems to have captured the imagination somewhat. Well, you know, it's a responsibility of any corporation that's active in a community, whether you're a Levi's manufacturer or whether you're a miner, or, or what the case may be. You know, we have responsibilities in the communities which we take very seriously, and uh, you know, we called it C- CSR. And <laughs> ever since I've been in the mining sector for 35 years, and uh, uh, we've been always having, you know, good CSR programs in place. You have to have it. Yeah. Well, like I, Keith, I enjoyed meeting you, um, hearing what's going on, um, what has been going on this this year, and your, your views looking forward. Things to look forward uh, to, as far as your company's concerned, next year or what? Just leave us the reminder. Well, I think the key is really our Metano. All right? right. So, so that's going to, uh, as I said, we had our first pour. Last last week, and uh, you know, it's going to add a couple million ounces of production to uh, Santa Elena, which is going to be great. So costs are going to drop substantially, and of course, profits are going to go up substantially. Yeah. So, uh, and then Jarrett Canyon, you know, just watch for life of mine increasing due to drilling. You know, we have twenty seven rigs active right now, right? You know, which is a lot of rigs, and uh, so you're going to see life of mine expanding at both Jarrett Canyon and Santa Elena. A lot of rigs, a lot of conviction. Yeah, Keith, lovely yeah. to meet you, sir. Let you get back to your uh, investors. Okay, thanks, Matt. Appreciate it.